0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back
1: ain't better than ever. Greeny brought to you by, presented by Progressive Insurance with my guests on the Goodyear Hotline. I didn't even make it three seconds into the show before I lost my train of thought. We're busy and we're safe and sound and hope you are as well. David Pollock today. Something on dolphins and not the ones you're thinking of. And I am thoroughly embarrassed by the stuff that people are sending me. All that is on the menu and a whole lot more. Let's eat. Here we go. Go, go. Only one
0: place to start.
1: There's only one place to start. And that one place is that the NFL season starts in seven days. Seven days. We are one week from the kickoff of the National Football League season. And I will give you some very honest straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Football, to some degree, at this time of year, is my salvation, and this year more than ever. I'm always super melancholy as summer comes to an end. I love summer. I am a summer person. Particularly as I've gotten older, I like the winter less and less. It bothers me more and more, and I love the summer because if you know anything about me, if you listen to the show, you know how much I love golf. And as the golf season starts to come to an end, I get sadder and sadder. But in this particular case, this year is unique. Because this fall, we're taking our second child off to college. We're taking Stevie off to college, not this coming weekend, but the next weekend. He's going to Northwestern, which is on trimesters. He may be saying, wait a minute, I thought all the kids were in college. Um, The schools that are on quarters, of which Northwestern is one, they don't start till mid-September. So we'll be taking Stevie away, and Stacey and I will be empty nesters. And so in an honest moment, like that's going to be tough on me and on us. I'm, I'm excited for it, and I know that we'll be fine, but it is going to be tough. And I think maybe more than any other year I can remember, I'm excited about football. Football takes my mind off of other things. uh, The Jets might be awful. I don't know. We'll see. But even with that, even if they are, because candidly, the last decade they always have been, it all just kind of makes me feel a little bit better. So I, I mean it sincerely when I say I am really, really excited for the start of the football season in that regard, maybe more than any year I can remember in a very long time, And I'll make that straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And with that thought in mind, I sort of sat down in the office this morning and I came up with 10 things that I am particularly excited to see in the football season this year. And I'm going to do them quick. So, Bubba, give me a little music. Give me a little, what's appropriate football music? Oh, I like that. Here we go. Ten things I'm excited to see as the football season gets underway.
0: Number ten. When
1: does Justin Fields hit the field? He's not going to be the starting quarterback in Chicago. They're going to be up in arms and yelling and screaming for him, but I believe they're doing the right thing by giving him at least a little bit of time to sit and wait. That offensive line is terrible, but it will be very exciting because he obviously has such magic in his legs and in his arm strength. When does Justin Fields hit the field, and what does it look like when he does? I can't wait to see it.
0: Number nine.
1: Is Tampa going to make a real run at 17-0? and Because I think they could. I think if any team is going to, it's them, because I think the NFC comparatively is the junior varsity versus the AFC. I know Kansas City is great, but no team in the AFC is winning all their games. The schedule is just too loaded. Tampa with that quarterback, I think that there's, what has he not accomplished in life? The perfect season, that's the one thing that I think still eats at him to some degree. Now, to go 17-0, and you got to make a commitment to wanting to do it, and I don't know that every team in the league will, but if there's a team that could, I think it's Tampa. Will they make a legit run at 17-0? I can't wait to see it. Number eight. And with that thought in mind, Brady versus Bill week four is, is the greatest NFL regular season game I can ever remember. I think that is as good a game as we will ever have. I don't know what more you could possibly ask for than Brady versus Bill. Week four, his return versus Mac Jones, the heir apparent and all that. I honestly thought that they would keep Cam just to keep Mac Jones out of that game. But bring it on. Sunday night, week four, in Foxborough, NBC, all the whole shebang. It's as good a regular season game as we'll ever have. Number seven. Is Jameis Winston going to make the Saints better? I don't think it's impossible. Now, they open with a very tough set of circumstances. They're opening their season. You know that they've been displaced. It's obviously much more important than football, what's gone on there with the hurricane. So they're practicing at TCU, and they're playing their opening game, which is supposed to be a home game against a good Green Bay team. They're playing that in Jacksonville. But it's a long season. And I think Drew Brees is a first-ballot Hall of Famer, and he's one of the greatest players of all time. But I think the last year or two, his lack of arm strength has actually limited What the Saints could be. One thing Jameis Winston does not lack, it's arm strength. I think Jameis Winston has a chance to be great in New Orleans. I think it has a chance. They have a chance to be way better than people are projecting, and I think he has a chance to completely resurrect his career. Number seven. That was number seven. Number six. Number six. We're gonna finally find out about Matt Stafford. I've been saying it from the moment he got traded to LA. What we don't know about Matt Stafford is is he a good quarterback? Who was just in an impossible situation? Or is he a great quarterback who was just in an impossible situation? Was he a great quarterback whose team was so bad he couldn't elevate it? Or was he a good quarterback who was not great enough to elevate it? We're going to get the answer to that. He unquestionably has the players and the coaching to have an outstanding season. Let's see what winds up happening with uh, Matt Stafford in his first year in Los Angeles. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear hotline. The 10 things I'm excited for as the season begins. Number five. How does the Aaron Rodgers thing play out? I mean, this is obviously a fascinating set of circumstances. What winds up happening here? He's in? I believe he's all in. But if this doesn't start well, does this thing get really sideways? I don't believe the relationships are mended. I think Rodgers is there because he didn't have any better options. And while you're there, what the hell, why not try to win? But the moment winning a championship, if this should happen, starts to go by the wayside. And you'll know. You'll know by the middle of the season whether or not this is a championship caliber team. Certainly he'll know. If it doesn't look like it is, where does the Rodgers thing go? How does the Aaron Rodgers thing play out to me is absolutely fascinating. Number four. Meanwhile, can the Giants block anybody? Can the Giants block enough that we actually find out about Daniel Jones? That to me is the most interesting piece of this. Everyone is saying this is about Daniel Jones. I'm saying, are we really going to be able to evaluate Daniel Jones based upon what is in front of him? I don't know what the answer to that is. I believe in Daniel Jones. I believe in Saquon Barkley. I believe in the offensive weapons they've brought in there. But if the offensive line is as bad as it looks like it might be, then maybe it doesn't matter. So will the Giants be able to block enough that we can actually find out about Daniel Jones? That fascinates me. Number three. Is this finally the year for Cleveland? I think the Browns have as much talent as any team in the NFL. Let me say that again. If you took away the helmets and the name on the front of the jersey and you just looked at the names on the backs of the jerseys, I believe they have as much talent as any team in the NFL. And that includes Tampa and Kansas City. Now, Baker Mayfield isn't Tom Brady and he isn't Patrick Mahomes, but I think he has enough around him. I think the Browns are a legit super bowl team this year is this finally the year for cleveland number two number two will we learn the truth about matthew stafford this year i accidentally put that in two different spots so in retrospect this is only going to be the nine things i'm most excited about i thought it was going to be carson wentz here wasn't it it was going to be carson wentz i mistyped it and i put matthew stafford in twice so i'll just go to number one number one and i will ask the question did the jets finally get the right guy After having the wrong guy so many times, did they finally get the right guy? Because that division is so interesting. The quarterbacks in the AFC East, Josh Allen is 25. Tua is 23. Zach Wilson and Mac Jones are each 22. The AFC East is set up to be loaded forever if, and this is a big if, all those guys are the goods. Josh Allen certainly looks to be. Tua? juries out. Obviously, Wilson and Jones are rookies, but for me personally, did the Jets finally get the right guy? That is the number one thing... I am looking forward to, as the NFL season gets underway, a week from tonight. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Let me get a quick take from the members of the Hashtag Crew who are assembled today. Hembo, I will start with you. Of the ten, make it nine things that I'm looking forward to, because again, I accidentally put Matt Stafford in there twice. (laughs) Uh, So of those nine things, which one stands out to you? Which are you most interested to see?
2: Number four or three, however you did it, the Giants, the the most interesting things among those nine things that you chose. I'm a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, as has been well established on this program. I have argued with Nuno a lot about how good the Giants are going to be. I think they stink. I think they stink because they're not going to be able to block anybody. So, your question, will they be able to block anybody? We'll probably decide whether or not the Giants have any future with Daniel Jones or their general manager, Dave Gettleman?
1: Well, that, that Gettleman, yes. The thing about Jones, really the way I phrased the point is, will they be able to block enough that you can really decide about Daniel mm. Jones? Like, it is very hard to be a great quarterback when you're lying flat on your back. And, and so that's really the question. Can they evaluate Jones? Because they block enough for him. I'm not even talking about being an excellent team. Now, if they can, and then the answers come up yes on Jones and on Saquon, well, now you really got something. And both Mel Kuyper and Bart Scott picked the Giants to win the NFC East on get-up
2: this morning. But, but if they can't, the GM could be gone, and then the new GM will have to make the same decision that the Jets just had to make with Sam Darnold. That's exactly right.
1: and And, and it depends on just how bad they are. If they wind up in a spot to draft a quarterback or do they get in on the Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson of it all when the time comes? We will see. Meanwhile, let me bring in Bubba, hashtag Bubba, who many of you may not know long before his uh, outstanding career here in radio production. He was actually a a member of multiple NFL front offices and has uh, multiple connections inside there. What of those things stood out to you the most, Bubba?
0: Uh yeah I was I was most intrigued by number 11 where you had the Cowboys <laughs> winning the NFC East Dak C.D. Lamb being co-MVPs, and Mike McCarthy winning coach of the year. That was a good one. I like 11. It has been such
1: a brutal week for your Mets that I am willing to cut you some slack on this and let you choose a number that didn't exist and a take that didn't exist. But you're right. I should have included the Cowboys. They will be fascinating. And obviously, the relative health of Dak Prescott week one will be one of the biggest factors. Quickly, Devin, what stood out to you?
2: As a Giants fan, I'm with Hembo on the offensive line. They've signed three offensive linemen in the past 24 hours. <laughs> who will vie, Who will actually probably play this year. So it's a mess.
1: I would agree. Uh, that's well done. And you can be a part of Greeny Nation. It's the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Speaking of college football, David Pollack will join me coming up shortly, and we will explain how one very sad team suddenly isn't so funny anymore. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
1: All right, I'm Greeny. Here on ESPN Radio, we got a million things that we're working through here. Jam-packed today. David Pollack is 30 seconds away here on the Goodyear hotline with you. Every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. I look forward uh, to chatting with David. We'll talk about the rookie quarterback's in the NFL who he knows as well as anybody does. We'll get into the monster game on the schedule this Saturday and a bunch of other stuff and then I will explain how the saddest team in all of sports stopped being funny yesterday. We will do that and more in 30 seconds after this word from Straight Talk Wireless. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore. Because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. It's all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money, straight-talk wireless, no contract, no compromise, 5G-capable device required, actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. And with that in mind, it is my delight to welcome for the first time this football season, and I hope it is something we will do regularly one of my absolute favorites, our college football analyst extraordinaire, David Pollack, is back with me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, David.
2: Good morning, Greeny. Well, the, college football, the colors are brighter, the grass is greener. I mean, it's just it's, it's time to go, baby. I,
1: I'm totally with you. But before we get into any of this, I am intrigued by a text that you sent me yesterday that suggested that your golf game is in excellent shape. How much golf did we play this summer, David Pollack?
2: Uh, I said improving. I said it's getting better. I did not say... I am on the greenie level yet, but uh, shoot, I've been playing. I like to get up in the morning now with uh, a couple of buddies and walk nine holes. The only way I can justify not quitting greeny because I get so pissed off because um, I've never played a sport that you can't try harder and get better. That's just, that's mind blowing to me, um, but I'm walking and I'm getting better and I'm shooting now. Uh, I play nine holes, but I'm shooting now in the low forties. I'm starting to, I'm starting to figure it out a little bit, but I got, I got a long
1: way to go. All right. No problem. I, I, I see a great deal of success at this sport in your future. So we will talk about that as we go. In the meantime, before we get to the big college game this weekend, I want to ask you about three of the rookie quarterbacks um, because they're, they're each for different reasons. Fascinating. The first of them is Mac Jones, who winds up being the fifth of the five to go in the first round, but may well have found himself in the right, maybe the best possible situation. And the level of enthusiasm for him in New England right now is sky high. What is your sense, with him starting week one now for Bill, of how you expect that to go?
2: You know, you're right, and you're wrong sometimes in this business. I had Mac a lot higher than than a lot of people did um, in this draft because, listen, I I knew Alabama was ridiculous with Devontae Smith and Jalen Watt and Najee Harris, but also he was putting on the face mask every time too. And he was putting it on them in stride and allowed them to really have a lot of success So I'm not surprised by Mac. I am surprised he's the starter week one. Um, I thought, uh, I thought Cam might ease his way into it. And then Mac would work his way in and possibly win the job because of Cam Newton struggling to throw the football. But it's the same thing you saw, man. It's timing. It's accuracy. It's, it's not making the same mistake twice. That dude, that dude doesn't make the same mistake over and over again. You watch him on tape and you go, man, look at that. He he didn't pull the trigger. He didn't see that. The next time that comes about, it's like, yeah, you got me once. You ain't going to get him twice. So, not surprised. Mac Jones is having success. I think he'll have a lot of success in New England. Period. But man, just accurate, poised, smart. Um, those things go a long way. And it's it proved to us that you know we want the new generation quarterback with with the wheels and being able to make plays outside of the pocket. But that guy can do it.
1: Well, well. So let me ask you this, David, because you bring that up. Like the 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 new generation of football. It looks a lot more like college football, the NFL does, than it ever did before, and that includes so much more of that athleticism from the quarterbacks, and for the most part, all the quarterbacks in this draft had it. Is there a limitation in what Mac Jones can become based on the fact that he isn't that guy?
2: Well, obviously, systems would determine that, right? But I I don't think there's going to be a system that's ever going to ask him to do what he's not comfortable doing. You've seen Brady have so much success with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick over the years, by being able to check the football down, by not having to throw the football uh, all the way down the field all the time and death by a 1,000 cuts. So, yeah, you can still have success. Now, listen, I think it also limits you because you can't put Mac Jones with, with average people and he's going to raise the level of everybody else and make all of a sudden make them a playoff contender. But if you have a solid offensive line and solid weapons around him and you provide time for him, it's another thing. But, like, you got guys in this class like Trent Lance and Justin Fields and those guys that – Trevor Lawrence, they can Zach Wilson, they can buy time. You can run some of the power read stuff, and you can make the game easy for everybody else around them um, because they have the ability to do you know more things with their feet. But that's not what New England's going to ask them to do. It's obviously a good system, a good fit. But I got news for you. So some of the people I've seen on Get Up and all the different shows, well, yeah, Matt Jones is in the perfect situation. If Matt Jones was in San Francisco, he'd be lighting the thing up, dude. He'd be perfectly fine. He'd be killing it in San Francisco. He's got a great coach that, by the way, run with Shanahan. Doesn't have to have a great athlete like you've seen with Garoppolo. When you can play with great timing and smart and do all the things, he'd be killing it in San Francisco as well.
1: Greeny and David Pollock is with me. Devin, put him on hold a second and see if we can't get the phone better because I have a million. David is so good. I don't want anyone missing a word that he says. See if we can get him into a slightly better sell situation because I want to get into a few more of these quarterbacks. And then I want to get into the monster game on the college schedule this weekend. There are a few very interesting games, but there is one that our analytics department tells us is actually the most important game of the entire college season. It is being played this Saturday. And it is the most impactful game of the entire season. And that's Georgia and Clemson, which you will see Saturday night primetime on ABC. Devin, let me try it again. Okay, beautiful. David, let's continue here. So let's get to Justin Fields next because you've seen what's happened. He set the world on fire with a few really flashy, extraordinary plays in the preseason. And now the fans in Chicago are losing their minds. What is your sense of how quickly you'd like to see him out there?
2: I get it. I get why they're losing their mind because the upside is so high and you've seen so many plays for him being creative. But here's, and here's another thing, too. You know, he didn't do a great job of that at Ohio State. You know, he one of the things that I wondered about him, because, you know, he's a four four kid and he's so big and strong, I always kind of wondered, like, where is his creativity? How come he doesn't make more plays, extending plays? Here's what I'll say about Justin Fields. I think he's got some good stuff. I think it's going to take him some time. Um, I I don't think he's going to be crisp through his uh, reads all the time and always make the right read in the Buffalo Bills game. You saw him get his head ripped off because he didn't see, you know, the safety coming or the blitz coming off the edge. And so I think, I think you'll see some lumps and you'll see some mistakes, but the upside obviously uh, is tremendous. Um, You know, the only thing I, I don't get about the whole thing is I think we're, we're kind of treating Andy Dalton like he's been very, very successful for a long time in the league. And I, I haven't seen that either. So I, I get it. I see why they want to see Justin Fields and see the future because of the exciting plays, that doesn't mean he's the best guy for the job. I think Andy Dalton's probably a little bit better right now at this point in his career, but if Justin Fields starts getting reps, starts playing, starts getting experience, obviously it could be a short period of time where he could pass Andy Dalton.
1: Yeah. Fields was sacked 52 times in 22 games. Behind a great offensive line at Ohio State, so we will see. And then, because I'm me, I have to ask you about Zach Wilson, who obviously has magical arm talent. And and let's see, what is your expectation for him based on what little bit we've seen?
2: Man, I think he's I think he's got a chance to be absolutely sensational. He's just he's got a he's got an unbelievable knack. And yeah, he he flicks it, man, and that thing dips off his hand really quickly and it gets there in a hurry. But he, I just I can't wait to watch him when it's real life stuff and. He's playing fantasy football. He's out there, you know, slinging it around and running around and making plays. I think he's, he's going to be really, really good. Hey, dude, you got to be pumped for your Jets, right? Like, I mean, don't you like what you've seen so far? I love
1: what I've seen. I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can to temper my enthusiasm, but I will say that I have an appointment at the Department of Motor Vehicles later today, and we are officially renaming my son Zach and my daughter Wilson.
2: <laughs> so that should give you an indication
1: of how excited
3: I am.
2: Oh, that's outstanding. Hey, listen. You got a new coach. You can tell everybody believes in him. You got a new face of the program that everybody can point to. Sam Donald was the problem, or you know, and and the the weapons around him. This guy's got a chance to have a a lot better career than Sam Donald, regardless. So. I think it's going
1: to be a fun time. I, I sincere, listen, from your lips directly, you know where, let's get it going here. Greeny and David Pollack is with me. Hey, you can download the DraftKings app and use the code Greeny to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. <laughs> Meanwhile, one that is very near and dear to your heart is the monster game on the schedule this weekend. Georgia-Clemson, Saturday night primetime on ABC, part of what is a really, really good weekend of college football. But our analytics, David, tell us that this is the most important game of the season. Not so far, not this week, but it will be the most important game as far as who winds up in the playoff. That will be played all year. So for folks who don't know a lot about it, give us a thumbnail on Georgia-Clemson. What do we expect?
2: Well, it's three versus five, so I understand why they would say that. And listen, I think it's way more important for Clemson. I, I think if Clemson lose, it puts them in a bad spot immediately out the gates. They are not; they might not play another ranked opponent to the ACC championship game. There's no guarantee that's going to be a highly ranked opponent. So if you lose to the one quality team on your schedule, um, you know there'll be question marks. And now if Georgia loses to Bama in the ACC championship game, they've also got that feather in the cap where they beat you. So hugely important game, um, hugely important for, for Kirby Smart and, and, and his offense and this, this new regime. And is, is he going let it, to let it rip? Is he going to air it out? Um, you know, they got a lot of injuries. Georgia's got a ton of injuries that they're going to have to deal with, and, and most of their best weapons are not going to be on the field this week. So they also better be able to smash the football and show that they're the physically more dominant team. And Clemson's line of scrimmage, you can say what you want about the league they play in, they look like SEC teams. Miles Murphy, Brian Brussi, Xavier Thomas, defensive linemen that are absolutely animals up front. So huge contest right out the gate. Uh, You know, Clemson replacing a ton of guys that we've known for so long with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and the firepower explosiveness. So I I expect this to be the opposite of probably what people would think of of college football last year. Fireworks, points, all that stuff. I think you're looking at a 20-something to 20-something game. low scoring very physical, uh, limiting the big plays on both sides. Um, And whoever can kind of assert themselves physically and be more physical in this game, I think is going to win.
1: I'm really looking forward to watching it, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys and all the craziness that will follow you all week and all year and everything else. And I hope we can do this as often as possible during the season. David Pollock, thank you, my man. I'll see you soon. Appreciate it, Greeny. All right. David Pollack, who's just terrific, with great insight into absolutely everything we need to get him back on TV as well as the season starts. Meanwhile, I promised you this.
3: I'm ready to go right now.
1: Green light, green light with Greeny. Give me the green light. I'm giving myself the green light because we've talked a lot about the New York Mets on this show the last week or so, and it has been, generally speaking, with a smile and with a laugh. Because they're just the team to which everything happens. And even the things, particularly earlier this week, the things that we didn't like, they were of the inconsequential variety. At the end of the day, I hated the players giving the thumbs down to the fans. But that is only so important. It stopped being funny yesterday. I'm sure you've seen the story. The Mets acting general manager, Zach Scott, is facing charges of driving while under the influence um, after he was observed driving erratically. He's, He's being charged with DUI. And that's obviously just awful. And he, in case you're not aware of this situation, was promoted to this job after the previous general manager earlier this year was fired uh, for sending sexually explicit uninvited text messages to a female reporter. So these are whatever the opposite of funny is. This is extraordinarily serious stuff and just horrendous. And it is the kind of nightmare that, and, and now there are multiple of them, um, that franchises have to find a way to work their way through. So I wanted to put that out there and leave it at that, because this is obviously a very serious thing. No one should in any way be diminishing the significance of, of an arrest on a charge as serious as driving under the influence, and we'll see if he winds up keeping his job through that. That, that has not yet been determined. Having said that, it did begin a text chain amongst the members of the staff yesterday of whom many are big fans of the Mets. And it just sort of and I hear Rich already over there. Rich one of our camera guys is a crazy Met fan and it, it already hurt him that I I just brought this up. There is no team in sports that has had more ridiculous things happen to them in recent years than the New York Mets. I just can't imagine it. So we put together a list. Again, some of these are funny. None of them will be really serious. I took the really serious ones out of it because they don't belong in this context. And again, what we just talked about with the two GMs, that has nothing to do with what we're about to do. But I will just now read to you a list of ridiculous things that have happened to the Mets in reasonably short order. Now, earlier this week, Javi Baez admitted on the record that the team was giving the thumbs down gesture to the fans. That feels like nothing compared to the rest of the things on this list.
0: Yeah, Javi's back. We're back, baby. Yeah,
1: so, so Bubba's good with him. Bubba the Met fan, chime in on these. Yeah, in May, is back. In May of this year, Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil had a heated exchange in the tunnel. Looked like a fight. After the game, their explanation was they were arguing about whether in that tunnel they were observing a rat or a raccoon.
0: Right, yeah, that happens in New York.
1: How'd that go? Yeah, are, does, that, does that frequently happen? Is this the kind of thing we happen at ballparks frequently? As we we get into a heated exchange over whether it is a rat or a raccoon that we're well, we observing?
0: Well, you know, City Field, there's just a lot of raccoons, and you know, Francisco had never seen one before, so it was just you know made sense made
1: in november sense. of 2019 the mets hired carlos beltran as manager and fired him two months later for his involvement in the astro sign stealing scandal he never managed a game with a team it should be pointed out that not one player on that team besides carlos beltran wound up <laughs> serving any punishment for this whatsoever but that was your manager for no days bubba <laughs>
0: Yeah, Beltran's one of my favorite players, too. That didn't really work out too well. (laughs) No, that did not work out (laughs) well. uh, That was an awkward one. That
1: happened in November of 2019. In May of that year, Ioannis Cespedes fractured his right ankle, stepping into a hole after an interaction with a wild boar
0: on a ranch
1: in Florida.
0: Yeah, you don't hear too many interactions about a wild boar. That one one really threw you for a loop because at first all you heard was he hurt himself on his ranch, and you're like, oh, that's weird. Maybe, did you know, whatever. And then you heard wild boar, and that's insane. (laughs) Then let's also remember that last year, Cespedes just no-showed for a game. He just didn't come to the game, and they had no idea where he was. And for like four hours, we possibly thought he was maybe dead, and he actually just disappeared and went home and told them he retired. So that also happened. that was great. So and all he things just considered. gave up he just gave up on the team and left midseason and said, "I quit." so that was great. Great well, teammate, which, great which guy. of those
1: two would you prefer? the wild boar interaction or the just
0: leaving and not telling one? Um, well, the wild boar cost him like three years, so I mean <laughs> at
1: least uh, at least the other one he played just, a little bit. Try this one. July of 2018, Noah Syndergaard went on the injury list after contracting hand, foot, and mouth disease. I mean, this is
0: ridiculous. Which is, is, is he six?
1: A viral <laughs> illness that normally affects children younger <laughs> than five years yeah, old. I,
0: I mean, I don't understand. This one didn't even make any sense. <laughs> he had a hand, foot, He's and mouth <laughs> disease. He's a grown man. I don't understand He's that a one. huge man. Yeah. He's an overgrown man. He looks like Thor. Yeah, his nickname is Thor. How could he possibly get that?
1: In May of the previous year, Matt Harvey received a three-day suspension after failing to show up for a game. The reason is he was an emotional wreck after his girlfriend, Adriana Lima, was seen partying with Julian Edelman.
0: My entire tenure, his entire tenure, I was an emotional wreck with Matt Harvey. Ridiculous.
1: He was an emotional wreck because his celebrity girlfriend was partying with, of all people, Julian Edelman. How random is that? (laughs) <laughs> Whoever would have put Adriana Lima and Julian Edelman in the same sentence anyway? In December, uh, September of 2015, Harvey's agent Scott Boris publicly criticized the Mets for letting him pitch too many innings after Tommy John surgery. The irony is the Mets lost the clinching game of the World Series that year because Harvey pitched one inning too many.
0: Man, never going to live this one down. No way we could have <laughs> taken him out. But it's we're never gonna live this one down.
1: Francisco Rodriguez was once he was the closer, K Rod they called him, was arrested after a fight with his father in law that started in the family lounge at City (laughs) Field.
0: They're in the family lounge, Bubba. I'll, I'll never forget this. I was in I was in New Jersey on vacation. The game was over. Post game was done. SNY was done. They come back. They're like, breaking news. Francisco <laughs> Rodriguez arrested at the game. I'm like, what? He, he went to jail and got hurt. He was out for the rest of the year. It's like, how is this possible? They did like a whole breaking news for like four hours for the rest of the day. Great. And
1: finally, in June of 2008, the Mets fired Willie Randolph as their manager. He one of my favorite players when I was a kid. After winning game 1 of a, after winning game 1 of a 6-day West Coast road trip, they announced the firing by sending an email
0: at 3:14 in the morning. Yeah, that one was this one was a classic. Everyone was so mad about this. They made, they fly they they fired everyone. They fired them all and they went made them fly across the country. They win the first game and then fire all of them. And then, I mean that just I mean uh, you can't even explain that one. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I think we've just explained it. And 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 every now and again with that team, the inexplicable takes place. I just put together a list of terrible things that happened to them. I did not mention that they pay Bobby Bonilla over a million dollars every year for the rest of our lives. And That's that the fine. owners got
0: mixed up in the Madoff thing. That's I mean, right. those don't even make the list. No problem. No problem there. <laughs> All right. Let's everyone remember we got that two-game sweep the other day, and we're back. <laughs> all right, Baez, we're back. We turn those thumbs around. We're making the push.
1: Oh, uh, you cracked me up. Right, let me break on that thought here because I'm late. We'll come back. Uh, we will get much more serious in a moment because one story threatens to change absolutely everything in one of my favorite sports. That's next here on ESPN Radio.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around –
0: Greenie, the podcast.
1: All right, Greeney with you here. We got a, a, something serious that we have to get into, and we will in 30 seconds after this word from ZipRecruiter. What if you could put the same type of rigor that the pro leagues use for players into your hiring process? Well, you can when you use ZipRecruiter with technology that finds qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you. You can invite your top choices to apply for your job. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com Greeny, at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Uh, this is going to be interesting, and I think it is going to have an enormous impact on one of my favorite sports. A story that came from an NBA memo yesterday that said vaccine requirements that are specific to New York City and San Francisco will be enforced for teams in those cities. So to be clear, what that means, I won't read you the entire memo. It is pretty simple to explain what it is, that both Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center, where the Knicks and Nets play, fall under New York City rules, and so does the arena in San Francisco where the Warriors play. Local rules state, and I live in New York City, so I'm well aware of this, that there are any number of, of indoor venues, including restaurants here in New York, that you cannot go into if you are not vaccinated. To go to a restaurant indoors right now, I have to present proof of vaccination, which I'm only so happy to do. Um, But what this says here is that the Knicks, Nets, and Warriors, this will apply to them. It will not apply to members of visiting teams coming to play those teams, which I don't understand. I'm not sure I understand why it doesn't apply to visiting teams. If you come to New York from any other city, you can't go eat inside in a restaurant without providing proof of a vaccine. I don't know why this would not apply to visiting teams. Either way, it doesn't. And that doesn't that isn't the point I'm making here. The point I'm making here is if there are players and the Nets are a team that the entire world is ready to hand the championship to and the Golden State Warriors figure to be really good and even the Knicks have gotten a lot better and are interesting. If those players on those teams don't choose to be vaccinated and I don't, I've do not i not been following closely the, the latest on the status of those guys so I don't know. But it is certainly possible. We were wondering, well, is there anything that could make the Nets not? Well, here's something. I mean, either they're only certain players on that team are only going to play road games or they're going to have to be traded or retire or something. But if they can't play games at home, then I don't know exactly how you'd go through a season. And then I looked at these two stories I saw from the NFL, Bill Belichick saying Cam Newton's vaccination status was not a factor in his decision to release him, and the Jaguars having to backpedal off something Urban Meyer said to say that no players were released due to vaccination status. I hate things that everyone knows, but no one says. And the only one who said the truth was Urban Meyer, and that seems to me because he doesn't know the rules like any of the rules. But those are just obviously not true. I don't understand the charade. NFL teams, more than in any other sport, just do what they must to win. Always. They turn over every stone. They take into account everything. Unvaccinated players are making a choice. And in this country, we have the freedom to choose that. But it does not mean the freedom from any consequence at all of those decisions. And I don't mean just relative to these. And so at the end of the day, we shouldn't have to bother pretending this isn't a factor. Because in football, as in everything else, of course it is. The idea that NFL teams will not take vaccination status when we know how different the protocols are for the vaccinated versus unvaccinated players. The idea that NFL teams would not take that into account when making roster decisions is ludicrous. Of course they are. For some reason, they've instituted a rule that says they shouldn't, and thus they can't say it. But at the end of the day, everyone knows it. Now, I'm not saying that is the reason that the Patriots released Cam Newton, but I'll tell you what, it is part of the reason he's going to have a very hard time getting another job. No question. So you can't release your own guy, but you cannot sign someone else? Come on. Say the obvious part out loud. We all know it's happening. So that's the only thing about this thing that I wanted to put out there today. And we'll see what impact it has on the Knicks and the Nets and the Warriors and any other teams that wind up going into similar circumstances. Huge hour on the way. I'm glad you were able to listen to that. I'll be back in a moment. ESPN Radio.